Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the chorus of angels as we pick up in Revelation chapter 5, verse 11. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. How many are redeemed? How many will be there in heaven? Why, I don't know. A good-sized crowd. All one in Christ. All declaring the glory of our Lord. They are saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. So that chorus now of angels joining in with the church. You see, they they can't sing the verse. They only can sing the chorus. They don't know what it is to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. But when we come to the chorus and we begin to declare his worthiness, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing, they can join that chorus, and they do. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever And the four cherubim said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him that lives forever and ever. So this scene in redemption in the heavenly places. Now in chapter 6, he begins to open the scroll. And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals... I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder, and one of the four living creatures said, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, there was a white horse, and he that sat upon him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And so the first thing that takes place upon the earth once the church has been taken out The moment this first seal is broken, the Antichrist comes forth on a white horse. He's the false Messiah, the false Christ. And he begins to conquer over the earth, bringing the earth under the sphere of his power and control because we are told, and again to prove that Satan is still in control of the world, We are told in Revelation 13 that Satan will give to him his throne and his authority. So he's going to turn the earth over to the Antichrist. But we see his emergence here, the first thing after the church is gone. Now, according to Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, talking about the Antichrist, he cannot come forth until the church is out of the way. For... That which hinders shall hinder until it is taken out of the way, and then shall the son of perdition be revealed. So he can't be revealed until the hindering force is removed, which is the Spirit of God within the church of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. What is salt? And it was a preserving influence. It was a preservative. Jesus is saying, the church is preserving the world. They used the salt on the meat in those days to kill the surface bacteria because they didn't have refrigeration. And so the meat was salted to keep it from rotting, from putrefying. So when Jesus said to his disciples, you are the salt of the earth, they understood that we are a influence to keep the world from getting rotten. But he said, if the salt has lost its savor, then it's really good for nothing. It'll be cast out and trodden under the foot of man. And if you'll look at those nations that have fallen to communism, in every one of them, the church had died. As far as its influence was concerned, it was dead. The salt had lost its savor. The church is the only preserving influence in the world today. If it weren't for the church, even the United States would be down the tubes already. Now they hate us because we are restraining them from all of the evil that they would love to be doing. We do form and should form a restraining force in the world. If a person says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. Rejoice. You have a purifying influence where you work. <laughs> if they make fun of you, say, oh, well, we can't do it because look who's here, you know, Holy Joe. <laughs> Rejoice. That's what God wants you to be, a purifying influence. Keep them from telling those filthy stories. Keep them from bragging over their filthy acts. Make them embarrassed for the evil things that they do. You are the salt of the earth. You're to be a preserving influence. If we cease to be that preserving influence, we'll cease to be. If the salt loses its savor, it's really good for nothing. The Lord is saying, hey, you're only good for one thing, and that's preserving the world. And the moment the church is removed, that preserving influence is gone, and whoosh, right on the scene comes the Antichrist. That which hinders shall hinder until it is taken out of the way, and then shall the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who's going forth with all deceit and lying and so forth. So, right in order. The church is there in heaven Having been caught out, the first seal is open, which is really one of the first orders of business in heaven, and the Antichrist comes forth, conquering and to conquer, bringing the world under his control. Now, for the first three and a half years, he's going to be hailed as a savior. The world is going to say, oh, you see, we told you all the time, the problem is those rotten Christians. They kept us from all the prosperity and everything else. Of course, all of the wealth of the Christians will be left here, be divided up by the world. Everybody you know, will be having great days as they come in to plunder the goods of the, of, of the Christians. And the Antichrist will, will offer his new economic programs and his new peace proposals, and they'll say, yes, you see, the church was responsible for all of the wars. Now that we've got those warmongers out of here, we can have peace on the earth, you know. And, and he's going to come in with peace and, and prosperity and, you know, the big program, and everybody's going to say, wow, 
this guy's it. This guy has saved the world. The world was ready to go down the tubes. This man has saved the world, and he will be hailed as the Messiah or the Savior. He goes forth, conquering and to conquer. But after three and a half years, things change. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And so when the third seal was broken, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. And I beheld, and lo, there was a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four cherubim say, A measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny, and see that you hurt not the oil and the wine. So the third horse unleashes the famine which follows the war. Of course, if such a horrible thing should take place, and I think that it possibly will, a nuclear holocaust, I do not believe the church will be here when it happens, but I believe that such a thing is, is probably in the books for the future. One of the byproducts would, of course, be the tremendous Strontium-90 fallout, which would destroy the... Crops, as far as they're being, they're being edible. And thus a tremendous, what is happening in Ethiopia will be happening around the world. A measure of wheat is about a quart of wheat, and a penny is a day's wage. Hey, if you want to be the richest man in the tribulation, just go buy a bunch of wheat and store it. When this takes place, just bring it out of the storage, and you can be the richest one in the tribulation. You may even end up the richest man in hell, <laughs> if that's any consolation. When he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, there was a pale horse, and his name that sat upon him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over a fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, and with death, and with the beast of the earth. And so in these plagues, one-fourth of the earth's population will be wiped out. Now let us assume that when the church is taken out, that it leaves maybe four billion people upon the earth, which means in the first four of these horsemen, or actually the second through the th fourth, one-fourth or one billion people will die. That's awfully hard to conceive. When he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, do you not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was told them that they should rest yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brothers that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So here is a group, not the church, 
who have been martyred during this period of the reign of the Antichrist. Now, when the Antichrist comes forth to reign upon the earth, he will make war against the saints and prevail against them, the scripture tells us. They could not be the church because the gates of hell can't prevail against the church. But when the church is raptured, I believe the earth is going to experience one of the greatest revivals in its history. Think of all your friends that you've witnessed to. And you, they've been laughing. Saying, oh, you know, he thinks he's going to get caught up one of these days and you're going to disappear. <laughs> you know, and, and they've been making fun of you. But when it actually takes place, these things you've been sharing with them, hey, it's going to be a sobering day for them and, and they're going to realize what a fool I have been. And when the Antichrist begins to establish his reign, his authority, his power, hopefully they'll have enough sense to resist him, which will mean their death because he has the power to put to death those that do resist, those that refuse to take the mark or worship his image. But through their martyrdom, at least they will be gaining their salvation. And here is a great number, souls that are under the altar, and they're, they're crying, Lord, how long before we can come on in? Before we can take our part in the heavenly scene? And they are given white robes and said, just wait a little while until the rest of them are slain as you were slain, until the full number of martyrs during this tribulation period has been complete, and then they will be brought into the heavenly scene, which we do see them in the latter portion of chapter 7, which we will study next. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal... And there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree cast her untimely figs when she is shaken with a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. We read this and we are reminded really of the parallel things that will be taking place in the sixth vial that is poured out upon the earth. And it could be that these are parallel judgments that are coming, that they will come in, in, in parallel with each other. The great earthquake, the islands being moved out of their places, Tremendous cataclysmic upheavals as the earth probably will go through again a polar axis shift which will have as a result each of the things that are described here with the exception, of course, of the meteorite shower and uh, yet that could be what perpetrated the polar axis shift. They think that the polar axis shift could have possibly been caused by a meteor striking the earth and, and putting it out of tilt. You know, the, the force of the meteorite hitting the earth at, at the right uh, trajectory and all could, could twist the earth around so that suddenly a shift of, uh, of maybe 1,600 miles would put the subtropical climate under the mass of polar air, which 
the, polar, the, the air would have stayed stabilized, but the earth being hit by a meteorite, and they think that even the one that hit in Arizona, that meteorite crater out of Winslow, would be sufficient uh, if the meteor hit at the right trajectory to pop the earth into a, a tilt, which it is at 23 and a half degrees, and would create a constant wobble of the earth from then on, which this wobble effect is there. And that, that accounts for the mammoths that were encased in solid ice up in Siberia with tropical vegetation in their digestive tracts. But the meat was still edible. The, some of the men that are on the expedition that found these mammoths roasted some of the meat and ate it. Gave it to the dogs and they ate it. So these mammoths were frozen instantly as a quick freeze. And this could happen by the earth being jarred by a meteorite thrown to this 23 and a third degree tilt as, as it was pushed, it twisted, and uh, of course that could have perpetrated Noah's flood also. The tremendous shift of water, oceans and so forth with the earth moving and uh, the water's masses come ripping up everything and of course the weight of the water coming upon the thinner crust of the earth the plates uh, causing it to collapse and the water pushing in and then forcing the mountain ranges up and things of this nature and, uh, and this polar axis shift could explain it which would be perpetrated by a meteorite now here we find the meteorite shower the stars falling from heaven like a fig tree dumps its untimely figs in a strong wind. Here you find a tremendous earthquake. Here you find mountains and islands disappearing. Tremendous cataclysmic upheaval. And the kings of the earth and the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, every bondman, every free man, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come and who shall be able to stand? Notice, this is called the great day of his wrath, the wrath of the Lamb. It is comforting to note in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9, that God has not appointed us unto wrath. Paul also declares that in Romans, the fifth chapter, ninth verse, we have not been appointed unto wrath. The day of his wrath has come, which means we cannot be here because we haven't been appointed unto wrath. But the earth is going to experience this great cataclysmic judgment as the day of God's wrath does come upon the earth. And so we see these awesome scenes Jesus said when he was talking of these very same things in, in Luke 21, he was talking of these very same things. The heavens being shaken, the meteorite showers, and, and the cataclysmic things that would transpire along with them. Jesus said, pray always that you'll be accounted worthy to escape all of these things and to be standing before the Son of Man. Expect to see me standing before the Son of Man. I expect to be with that crowd in the fifth chapter 
singing, Worthy is the Lamb to take the scroll and loose the seals, for he was slain and he's redeemed us by his blood. And by the grace of God, that's where we shall be. God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Revelation on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Revelation 5-6 through 6 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Father, we thank you for the promises of God that they are to be trusted in. And Lord, we thank you tonight for your word that it is true. And Lord, even as you told Daniel similar things to what John is recording here, and you said to John, you said to Daniel, and these words are true. Lord, help us that we will live in all sobriety, that we will not be caught up in the snares of the enemy in these last days so that the day of the Lord would catch us unaware. But being children of the light, Lord, help us to walk as such in all holiness and righteousness and godliness. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord now be with you and bless you and cause you to be the salt in this corrupting world around us. And may the Lord use your life as a purifying influence in your class, on your job, in your home, in your neighborhood. And may you walk in fellowship with him, enriched in the things of the Lord day by day. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. As Easter is approaching, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is on the hearts of Christians everywhere and how they might witness this beautiful story to their loved ones. With this in mind, the Word for Today would like to present a special MP3 entitled My Redeemer Lives that includes 14 reassuring messages to answer the significance of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ 
and a life that should bring hope to everyone. Also included is a special presentation of the crucifixion from a doctor's perspective, as well as a powerful salvation message shared by Pastor Chuck. And when you order My Redeemer Lives MP3, we'll include a free CD by Pastor Chuck to witness to your loved ones that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. This CD, entitled A Risen Love, clearly presents the evidence to help others make a decision that will impact their immediate and eternal future. For more information, contact The Word for Today at 800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.